Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Christine Heath, coming to you from Hawaii, and I'm here with my very, very good friend. Judy Sedgman, coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Well, we hope that you're all uh, surviving whatever uh, uh, climactic uh, events you're having. I know we've been having all kinds of rain here. It's been rain. My friend came from Denmark, and she's been here for six weeks, and I think she's had maybe five days of sun the whole time. And uh, but. Nonetheless, she's maintaining her uh, vibrant feeling and uh, having a great time. So anyway, we thought we would talk today. We got a, um, a request from a fella um, talking about how he had learned the principles and he was doing really well and he'd gone through a mindfulness program and um, he'd been doing really well. And then all of a sudden he was in the middle of a pickleball game and he got really upset and angry and he was wondering if he should be concerned about that. And that got us to think about how what's different about our work is that it's not problem solving uh, or detail related. And so people's change happens differently. So people will frequently come in and they start to learn the principles and they start to understand how it works in them and they start feeling better. And then they leave and go do their life and then they might come back again. And something will happen in their life and they get all caught up and they know that they're caught up in their thoughts, but they are trying to figure out how to get out of that. And, and so we kind of look at it that people change in, in, a, in their own time. And that evolution isn't a, an intellectual thing. So it's not learning X, Y, and Z, and then your life is fixed. It's getting deeper and deeper insights about the nature of life, about the nature of your experience. And whatever insights you've had, you're limited by that insight. You know, I mean, Sidney Banks was limited by what he could see. Um, all the enlightened people of the world have said there's more to to see than what I see. And, and I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I've got a ways to go to even get to their level. So, you know, it, it's like we've got we've got this ability that what we do continues to evolve and change and be that's the excitement for us, right? Is we just love to see that. But sometimes we get little opportunities to go deeper and life presents itself because we start to get caught up in our thinking and we don't know it. And then all of a sudden we get a signal. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it kind of reminds me of my husband's pacemaker. It's like he's got this little thing attached to his heart. And if his heartbeat s- slows down too too slow, it sends a shock through his heart and wakes it up like, hey, you're taking a nap. Stop taking a nap. And 
and his, his heart starts beating again. So it's kind of like, to me, that's what happens in our, in our, in our psychological world is that when we get thinking too much and we're getting a little bit caught up in negative thinking or insecure thinking, and we don't realize it because we're kind of blind to it, we get a bad feeling. We get angry at a pickleball game. And that is your sign that, hey, buddy, you got to take, you got to take control of the uh, wheel again. You've got to start to see that, oh, I'm thinking and that's creating this bad feeling. Now he had a history of psychological, what he would call problems. And of course, what happens as soon as this happens to people, they go back and think, oh my God, it's coming back. I'm getting crazy again. It's going to come back. <laughs> I mean, I feel for you because I was right there, man. It's like yeah, I had the too. worst nightmare of my life and woke up and said, oh, my craziness has come back. It's come back. And then this little voice came in my head. My wisdom came in and said, hey, it was a dream I had. I had a nightmare. And my, my wisdom came in and said, hey, Dreams are just thoughts. This is a trick of your mind to get you back to the way you used to be and the way you programmed it. I was like, yeah, dreams are just <laughs> thoughts, you know? And so whether you have nightmares or whether you have daymares, like probably what happened when you were playing pickleball, you just get caught up in some old thinking and it's time to wake up and go deeper. Yeah. You know, our, our old thinking is still in our memory, even if we have at some point gotten past it. It, it can pop up again like toast that unexpectedly pops before you thought it was going to be ready. And honestly, uh, I, I had an experience uh, re very recently in which I was very, I surprised myself. But, um, and this is kind of like in the, on the journey that we're on, we think, okay, now we're really, we've been doing this a long time. We know what we're doing. We, we listen. We, you know, we, we really, we care about our clients. We really get in touch with, you know, the right way to talk to them and so on. So I was working with a client who was, uh, was extremely distressed about something in her life. And um, I'm pretty busy and uh, as, as is my client. And so she would start texting me questions and I was texting back. And I noticed uh not not as early in the game as I wish I had, but I noticed at some point that the questions were kind of the same question over and over again. And my answers were, were the, you know, very variations on the theme of, you know, you need to get quiet, you need to go deeper, you know, in recommending SIDS tapes and setting up appointments for the future and things like that. And I thought, when she's reading, she take she reads it with her intellect and the difference between a zoom call and reading is that on a zoom call you 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 are connected in a different way even though you're not in the room with the person you know you can you can you can feel the feeling you know you can really get it and so i'm pouring all this beautiful feeling out in my texts and she's asking me what does that word mean or why did you say this? You know, and I, I, I just woke up one morning and I thought, I'm not helping her at all with this text. As a matter of fact, I may be encouraging her to use her intellect. And I, I just said, please, let's stop texting. I, I Don't text me and I won't answer your text if you do. 
And, uh, and I not, not, didn't, I didn't say I wouldn't see her or anything like that. I just said, this is not working for either of us. <clears throat> and I never charged her for the time that we spent texting because I realized that it was a learning experience for both of us and, uh, and it wasn't helping her. And I, I learned something from that. It's made me a better person in terms of really understanding my own work as late in the game as this came. And I have to honestly, with humility, say that I had this moment of chagrin and I thought, huh, here you are thinking if you can just write this beautiful ideas down, that they'll have this power. <laughs> and you'd never stop to think, how do people read what you write? You know, and why is she still asking the question? I've answered it 15 times, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I realized I was just kind of caught in my, in my own uh, vision for what, you know, what matters. And I realized that I'm a writer and a reader and, and I love poetry. That's my, my passion. I love poetry and I, and I love beautiful prose. And so it's a natural thing for me to look for the feeling behind the words. It's, it just comes, but, but that doesn't mean that everybody who reads does that, you know, and it does, and, and this person has got a more scientific job, you know, she's more in science. And I thought, oh my God, Judy, after all these years and doing this work, it took you this long to realize this is not a good way to work with this client. <laughs> you know? And I had to admit, I mean, she, uh, she's fine with it. You know, she could see what I was saying. But I had to admit, I'm really sorry. I kind of wasted some time with you, and I'm very sorry for that. But we both learned something from it, and so let's just move on. But that's the excitement about it. You know, you, you find yourself either doing something habitual that you believe in, or you just have the thought it's going to work because it would work for you, or you do something from the past that's what used to be an old habit, like, you know, snarl at somebody when they annoy you or you know, get, you know, do things that you might have done in the past that you don't want to do anymore. It's just a memory. It's just a memory that pops up and you think, oh, maybe that'll work. And um, I think that, that uh, you know, one of the beautiful things about the principles is that we don't get upset by our own reactions if we understand what they are. You know, everybody still has reactions. Everybody still has kind of quick trigger responses. Oh, this will work, you know, and then you go for it. And you don't ask yourself, are you sure? Or, or something like that. And then, and, and then when you come to your senses, you know, you don't have to beat yourself up. And I used to be terrible when I made mistakes in the past before I learned the principles. I would be so upset about making mistakes. I mean, I just hated making mistakes. And it kept me from doing a lot of things that I might have tried because I thought, well, I'm probably going to make a mistake. I don't really understand that. <laughs> and, uh, and now I think, you know, uh, really a mistake is just uh, picking the wrong thought out of the bin and not realizing it. And it depends on the state of mind you're in and all of that. So I, I think that our reactions, we, we shouldn't be frightened. We should just sort of, it's like a little reminder that our memory is never dead. <laughs> you know, it's, the, it's the dead, is, as uh, Chris always calls it, the cemetery of dead thoughts. And they're thoughts from the past, but they, they come back and haunt us, the little ghostly memories. <laughs> and sometimes they trick us. Right. 
You know, that's why it's good to get to know yourself, right? Like learning the principles or learning about mental health intellectually, unfortunately, won't help you live in it. And, and that's what you're interested in. You want to be interested. Like I think Edwin was right on by writing that note to us. Like, should I be concerned about this or not? And, yeah. and, and the thing that you want to be concerned about is that like, oh, that was just my pacemaker going off. Like I'm going too fast in my head again and I need to get quiet. I need to quiet down and go back to listening. And of course, you know, when you do that, you'll hear something different. So the other thing too is to, when you know your habits, like Judy said, these are all just memories that come up, right? And so like I know for me, I had several kind of manic habits of trying to manage my manic stuff and and so I would like, I was uh, addicted to, to um, lists. So like I had, yeah. I had one list that would be a list of my other lists. So I wouldn't forget any of the lists. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that, that was bad. It was bad. It was like, and I'd be driving my car and I'd go, oh, I forgot to put this on the list. Oh my God, I can't stop the car. I'm, I, I, what am I doing? I'm going to forget this. Like, it was like all oh, this insanity, really insecurity about information and like being stupid and not being able to remember things. And, um, but so like for me, if I think oh, I got to make a list that what I'm noticing is the feeling I'm in when I think that now I'm going to Costco next week and I haven't been there in a long time and I live at a place where I have to stock up, right? And so Alexa is keeping a list for me of things I need to get at Costco. But it doesn't have the same feeling. It's like, oh, yeah, put this on the list. Oh, put this on the list. And then I forget about the list. The last time I made a list with Alexa, when I went shopping, I forgot the list. But, you know, it, it, it's... <laughs> it, 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 it's funny. So when I when I have that feeling of urgency with my list, I know that I'm going too fast again. That I've caught up, caught up in my thinking, and I'm going too fast. And now I'm feeling urgent, which means I'm insecure. It really needs to be done. You know, I've got that feeling. So, like anger is a really great little like Bill Bill Pettit calls it love letters. But it's a little nudge, um, sometimes a very powerful nudge, like, you know, hey, toots, you are definitely going too much fast and you're entertaining way too much negative and insecure thought. That's what that is. When you malfunction a little bit, and Sid says this in Second Chance, if you read the first, I think, first four chapters of Second Chance, somewhere in there, he talks about this where he talks about when we are using thought in a way that it's not designed and we're doing it a lot, we malfunction a little bit, you know, like we have a breakdown, we have a mental breakdown. And that's what a mental breakdown is, is that you're using the gift of thought in a way that it wasn't designed and now you're malfunctioning, which is what happened before when you had whatever episode you had. And now this is just a little love letter saying, you have now turned around in the road and you are going the wrong direction. Turn back around and stop thinking about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Go back to your good feeling. 
and just quiet down. And if you have trouble doing that, come to our group, come to the program, Psychology as It Backwards for a session or two, and uh, you'll, you'll be reminded of the feeling of mental health. You know, it's interesting when you talk to clients about, you know, don't think about it, stop thinking about it. When you get that signal, when you get a bad feeling, it's just a signal. I always used to call it the little the little warning light on the dashboard of your brain. You know, it's like when your warning light comes on in your car, you know you, you don't know what's wrong. The little engine that comes up says something's wrong with the engine, but you don't know what it is. But when you see that little yellow light, you believe it. You know, something is definitely going wrong. I should stop or slow down or, you know, do something other than what I'm doing, pushing the car forward fast. And so I think of bad feelings now instead of getting all depressed and sad and thinking, oh, I hate this. I don't like it when I feel bad. Why do I feel so bad? I realize, oh, oh, yeah, I must be doing something. I must be going too fast. I must be getting insecure. I must have had an old thought. I don't look into it. You know, I used to look into it. I used to think, oh, I have to figure this out and deal with it. But the truth is you don't. That's, it's like your, your negative feelings are like biofeedback in a sense. They're telling you, you know, don't, don't keep thinking what you're thinking, whatever it is, because it's taking you in the wrong direction, as Chris pointed out. And I think it's very hard for people to grasp, but to stop thinking, you don't analyze your thinking and try to figure out which thoughts to throw in the garbage pail and which thoughts to keep and how to rearrange them. You look for a better feeling. And you're, th- you know, that takes your mind in a different direction. And so if you're in a bad feeling, just recognizing, I don't like this feeling. I, I just need to slow down and take a deep breath and look away in a sense. You know, it's not a physical looking away, but it's just giving yourself a, a chance for fresh thoughts to come to mind. Just pause. And people are, so many people try so hard to fix their thoughts. Well, should I think about flowers and pretty birds? And No, you don't have to do that. That's positive thinking. Your mind will naturally slow down if you turn away from a bad feeling and look towards a better feeling. It's, it's very hard for people to believe that. And it was certainly hard for me when I first got involved in this because I was a big time analytical thinker. And, but when I, when I finally, when it finally happened, you know, and the trigger finally dropped there, I realized, oh my gosh, that was nothing. I just, I just, what I realized is that stress was killing me. The stress is not good for you. I did not like stress. And, and then I thought, but stress isn't coming at me from the world. It's coming through me from my thinking. So if I don't like it, I'm the only person that can change it. And when I took responsibility in a sense, you know, he said, all right, I'm the thinker. I'm creating all these negative thoughts and all like Chris's list that gets you so frenzied and frustrated. You know, I, I was, I made lists. I wasn't quite as, as, <laughs> as bad time as makers, Chris. But what I used to do is, um, is go back over my day at the end of the day and think of all the things I did wrong. And of course, (laughs) you know, that I could have done better, that I should have done better, that I might have done better, that I don't even know if that was wrong or not, but it felt wrong. (laughs) 
And that's actually worse than bliss, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> so. And now, you know, if I do something that wrong isn't a word that comes up for me, but like this story I told in the beginning, I realize, you know, I'm a little off track here. I'm not, I'm not noticing something that I should have noticed sooner. I don't beat myself up. I just change it, you know, and I don't have to blame myself or blame anybody else. I didn't see it. Now I see it. That's great. So it's like, you know, like our, our inquiry, the person asking, should I worry about this? No, worry would not help you because it would just get bigger and bigger the more you worried about it. But you should be aware that that's a wonderful thing to notice because it's your signal to slow down, to not take things so personally, to watch out for the insecure feelings and not indulge in them. And to go back to listening, listening, because if you know how the principles work and you listen for your wisdom, it will tell you what you need to do. Like frequently we kind of dabble in getting like upset about something, you know, like sometimes people got upset about politics, right? They start thinking about politics and I'm not, this isn't, I'm not being political here, but you could be on either side of the, political debate and start to get upset about it. Well, that upsetness is, isn't telling you that, that these, the other people that think differently with you are upsetting you. It's you upsetting you because your ego is now involved and you're like, yeah. And another thing, da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But it's- that's where we get a little bit, um, get a little bit lost sometimes with our ego because it seems like it's so true and so right. You know, like self-righteousness is a issue. I think most of us suffer from, from time to time. And whether even if it's whether Judy's, you know, like uh, uh, judging herself at the end of the day, when she's doing that, it's just her thinking about herself. It's just her thinking about what she was thinking earlier in the day and deciding if it was good enough or not. Yeah. But, and, and I was just like taking all the thoughts I, and I had in my head and writing them down on a piece of paper so I wouldn't forget them in my head. These are all things that we do to try to deal with the fact that we're thinking too much and it, we're not noticing that we're thinking, we're noticing what we're thinking about. That's not what the problem is. So you, you got to know that life should be a continually uh, a continual learning experience where you're seeing whatever it is you know at a deeper level. Now, what will also happen is as you learn this is um, George Pransky uses an, an, an elevator uh, metaphor. And it seemed to me like that it's funny to me because when we talk about things, we'll be with our peers and suddenly they're using the same analogy that you're using, you know, like, like, Oh yeah, I say that too. You know, it's like you start to see the same thing, but um, the way it seems to me is that we're in a department store. Cause of course, you know, life is a shopping experience for me. And, um, <laughs> and when you're in the basin, the bargain basement, you got all the knockoffs and you've got, all the stuff that's not as, as good, you know, and there's no lights down there. You can't see anything. You're kind of in the, in those low levels of consciousness and you, you start learning the principles. It's like you get on the elevator and you start coming up. 
Well, then it stops at one of the floors and you get off and you go, oh, wow, this is way better. I can, there's light here. And this stuff is a lot better stuff. There. And yeah, it's a lot nicer. And then you get back in the elevator and you go up again. And then you get to another level of really beautiful things. And at what, some point it gets to be like so much better than the basement. You figure like, well, this is good enough. I'll just camp out here. I'm, I'm fine with this. Well, unfortunately, when you do that is eventually you go back into memory and thinking and you start to create a mess there on that level, right? Like whatever you're still holding on to in thought that's generating insecurity in you, whether you realize it or not, starts to show itself in your life. You start getting, in this case, this guy started getting angry and I might start getting busy too much or I can't sleep at night mind's going too fast or something that I know this is my signal of what I do when I'm not in a healthy, calm state of mind. And that then wakes you up to clean up the mess on the level you're at, get back in the elevator, quiet down, push the penthouse level and start going back up again. Because when you get in that beautiful feeling, it gives you a huge vantage point. You can see forever. And, and and then we get in the elevator, we go back down again, check it out. Like, what's going on? Down, what, got, a, got a sale going on here with bad thinking? Yeah. Bad thinking. <laughs> so that's There's always a sale on bad thinking. <laughs> There's always a sale on bad thinking. It always looks like such a good deal, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Until you really look at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great. I like the departments. I must be a shopper. I am a shopper too. I yeah. like your departments yeah. for analogy. But you know, I think the other that the, the overall thing is we don't need to take ourselves so seriously because thoughts come and go, moods come and go, uh, emotional reactions come and go. You know, judgmental thoughts come and go. All kinds of thoughts come and go. And we get to decide which ones we want to hang out with and which ones we want to just keep going. You know, because we're the ones that decide what thoughts to focus on. And as we get deeper and deeper into understanding how thought works and what a powerful gift it is to us, I think it becomes easier to just allow our thoughts to flow and not get agitated. If we don't like what we're thinking, we just leave them alone. They'll pass and new thoughts come to mind. And that's the ideal life is just to live from moment to moment and not Take any of your thinking so seriously that you get stuck in it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the, the the little pigs, you know, leave them alone and they'll come home wagging their tails behind them. Behind them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you just see that, oh, that's just my thinking again. Like, the thing I want to tell you, Edwin, is like, you got to let go of being afraid of the way you used to be. Like, that's where I'd say you want to go deeper and to see really that innate health has never, never left you. It's always been with you, even when you were experiencing the most bizarre thoughts going on, is that you want to go back and find that beautiful feeling in you and reconnect with that instead of getting afraid that somehow, you know, the monster is returning. Yeah, because the beautiful feeling is home-based. Yeah, it's home base. And it's where we go when we're not thinking too hard. Yep. You just just uh, have to lose your enamor- your enamoration. Is that a word? Your your ability. Now it is. Yeah. 
<laughs> enamoration with with uh, your thinking. You know, just let it go. Right. Think about it and go deeper. Quiet down. Listen to Sid. Go and listen to a Sid tape. You know, SidBanks.com is uh, available. Go listen to a beautiful tape and remind yourself of that feeling and go deeper. Well, with that, uh, we hope you spend the next week in a more beautiful feeling and that it continues to grow. And we will talk to you next week. Yeah. And that you continue to grow. Right. Aloha. Bye-bye. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 